you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. I'm Hostess Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. There you go. When the uh, Iron Lady sings it, that makes it official, as they say in the Bugs Bunny cartoons. So welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys being here. As always, remember, you are an integral part to the uh, Chris Voss Show family, the podcast family, the family that loves you but doesn't judge you. Uh, Lisa, as harshly as your mother-in-law, because she—I mean, she never liked you anyway. I mean, have you seen yourself? I mean, come on. I don't know. You know, mother-in-laws are hard. <laughs> For 15 years, we've been bringing you the CEOs, the billionaires, the White House presidential advisors, the governors, the Congress members, U.S. ambassadors, astronauts, Pulitzer Prize winners, and authors—the most brilliant minds on the planet—that share with you their journeys, their stories, their lessons of life that they learned, sometimes over a whole lifetime. And they bring you that compressed, condensed version right to you. It's kind of like, uh, since it's almost Thanksgiving next week, it's kind of like that uh, compressed cranberry jam in the can. I don't know what that means. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, uh, help people join the elite crowd of people that bask in the Chris Voss show glow. Invite them to go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, uh, the big 130,000 LinkedIn group, the big LinkedIn newsletter, and uh, Chris Voss one at TikTok and Chris Voss Facebook.com. We do amazing gentlemen on the show. Fernando Diaz joins us today. He's a Galapagos islands uh uh gentleman who uh is a proud ecuadorian he's dedicated his adult life to sharing the unique beauty and rare wildlife of his enchanting uh uh adventurous travel uh site uh to help people go from all over the globe and everything that they take and do uh and i think i didn't get his title uh fernando what's your title there i'm the director of marketing at Quasar, and I'm also second generation. It's a family-owned company started by my parents. There you go, at Quasar Expeditions. And uh, he's been doing this for a while. He's the proud son of the founders and a high-end expedition cruising company, Quasar Expeditions, that pioneered a small group travel in the Galapagos Islands 37 years ago. His parents dreamt to show the precious ecosystem to the world, ensuring its preservation for future generations through responsible tourism. And uh, behind his role, uh, he is a loving father of three, a proud husband, and man of many passions. He is a skilled photographer, avid scuba diver, and high altitude climber, and overall, just a lover of nature and outdoors. Welcome to the show, Fernando. How are you? Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. I'm doing very well today. There you go. And give us your .coms. How can people find you on the interwebs? Yeah, the easiest is just go to our website. So Quasar, Q-U-A-S-A-R-E-X.com, QuasarEX.com. There you go. So give us a 30,000 overview of what you guys do there and how you do it. Yeah, so Quasar pioneered high-end yacht cruising in the one-of-a-kind Galapagos Islands uh, 37 years ago. It was actually started by my two parents 
uh, with, as you mentioned before, the, the dream of showing this gem of the world to people from uh, pretty much all corners of the planet who had an interest on nature, wildlife, and the outdoors. Um, you know, back in the days when they started, it was impossible to actually explore this archipelago. There were there was no electricity. There was only one flight out, out to the islands, and but it was their dream to do that. And it was very difficult back then. It's a lot easier now. But for the last 37 years, we've been showing this place to, you know, people interested in, in seeing what the Galapagos Islands have to offer. There you go. And so you guys create uh, a safari-style luxury adventure and tour in South yeah. America? Exactly. So we basically we don't really refer to ourselves as a galapagos cruise company even though essentially yes it is cruises that we're offering mm -hmm. but we call these safari style yet adventures because it's very different from your regular definition of a cruise as a matter of fact we sometimes tell people that these are cruises for people who hate cruising um and <laughs> essentially what we offer is this safari style concept where just like an African safari, it's an intimate group of individuals exploring these national parks, going out to see the wildlife each day and really immersing themselves in that intimate setting and just watching nature um, go, you know, do its thing uh, from a safe setting with the leadership of a great guide. And so that's what we do, but on board ships. Mm -hmm. And you've got several different uh, things you do here. You've got the Galapagos Cruises, the Gray Shot, the Evolution Yacht, different uh, things people can do, the Patagonia, Patagonia Safaris, uh, where you can go to different places. Uh, the pictures on your website are extraordinary, just uh, incredibly beautiful. Um, and then you guys have an Instagram account as well uh, that you guys put stuff on uh, as well as your Twitter. Um how do people engage with uh, working with you guys? How do they onboard? Uh, it looks like on your website they can contact a specialist. How can they learn more about uh, what they can do there? And do you work with uh, travel agents as well? Yep. Yeah, exactly. So we work with travel agents and, uh, you know, B2C direct. So if anybody wants to get in touch with us, all they have to do is, you know, there's numbers on our website, live chat. You can schedule a call uh, with our team. But the best way to really go about this is really to talk to an expert. You know, these mm -hmm. are remote destinations that it's not like going to, you know, Expedia or another booking engine and just, you know, booking a trip. It's not like the hotel and then I'll figure out the tour on my own. Um, these are more complicated trips with a lot of moving parts. And so you got to coordinate the flights properly, get your expectations right, pack, um, you know, properly, know what you're going to do every day. Um, and of course you'll be in a remote location. So it's important that you make sure that in terms of like health and safety, it all aligns with, you know, what it is, what you want, whether you're traveling with a spouse or partner or with family or whoever it is. Um, so yeah, that's the best way to go about it, but it always starts with, a just a deep desire or interest to see the destinations that we have. We rarely get people, you know, coming up to us and saying, oh, well, I've never heard of Patagonia. Tell me a little bit. No, or the same thing with Galapagos. You know, they've heard of the place and they've sort of heard about us or they found us on the web and just they, they want to know how we do Galapagos, how we do Patagonia. And then obviously we determine if we're a right fit for them or if they're a right fit for us. And mm -hmm. that's how the magic happens. And 
you know, how we're able to get the reviews that we get. There you go. Why is the Galapagos, Galapagos the best place to see in the world and uh, seeing wildlife and what makes it so special? Yeah. So w often people refer to wildlife in the Galapagos as being different from everywhere else in the world. But the reality is that wildlife in Galapagos is today as it once was, you know, maybe hundreds or thousands of years ago before humans invaded uh, you know, their, their habitat before we started hunting them or killing them or driving them off to other places. And so the islands, because they're 600 miles off the coast of Ecuador, you know, in isolated in the Pacific, they were untouched by humans for a long, long time. And so humans, uh, the animals there never learned to fear us. And literally, you know, it's prohibited by the Galapagos National Park but you could literally touch every single animal. The birds don't fly away. You know, the, the sea lions, they come up to you, the iguanas, the penguins, the sea turtles. There isn't one animal there that, that is afraid of humans. And it's magical because we're used to the opposite, right? Uh, so it looks beautiful. I'm looking through your Instagram and everything else. Uh, there be, it looks like there's just an extraordinary amount of variation. Like there's beautiful vistas, there's, uh, mountain peaks that are just unlike any mountains I've seen anywhere. Uh, beautiful beaches, beautiful bays, um, just a, a variety of stuff, and everything just looks so pristine. Yeah, and and that applies, you know, to both Galapagos and Patagonia. These places are absolutely beautiful. You know, whether it's the wildlife or the landscapes, uh, Patagonia has something very unique that the extremes of the planet have uh, places like Alaska, you know, the poles, um, Greenland, Iceland, it's, there's a lot of dramatic landscape in this part of the world. And that's really what Patagonia is about when it comes to the landscapes. And then Galapagos, the fact that these islands are volcanic um, mm -hmm. and that millions of years have eroded the islands in very different shapes and forms. Uh, it also gives way to, some spectacular landscapes. There are some islands where you literally feel like you're in the moon, you know, walking the moon. Um, so yeah, the, definitely the, the landscape is varied. Yeah. There's even a picture I see on your Instagram that shows, it looks like a meteor hit it or something. It looks like a huge divot. In the, yeah. In those the, are the exactly. Those are uh, craters that, you know, the Galapagos, it's a volcanic hotspot. Oh. So it's covered in craters. Uh, some of them, you know, are dormant volcanoes. So they're now the craters are flooded. You know, there there are lakes or there are animals living in there, or they're covered in vegetation. And then others, the last eruption was only a couple of years ago. So others are completely covered in solidified lava with no vegetation because they erupted. You know, just a couple of years ago. There you go. And it looks like the yachts and, and uh, uh, stuff are, you know, they're not these big giant things that you go on with carnival cruises and, and all that you know, like good stuff. And you're just like living in a small city. They look very personable, uh, very uh, intimate. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they look like something where you can actually enjoy yourself and you don't, you don't have a bunch of screaming people running around you maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, the, in Galapagos, the largest ship size is just 100 passengers. Oh, really? Um, yes. And but Quasar, we our largest ship is only 32 passengers. And while for most people, maybe their idea of cruising a 100 passenger ship may seem intimate mm -hmm. in a place like Galapagos, that is very fragile and the visitor sites are small. 
100 people can be the equivalent of 1,000 to 2,000 people on the big ships. You know, you can quickly overcrowd a visitor site on the larger ships, which is why since the very, very beginning, since, you know, 1986, um, we've always offered intimate um, adventures, you know, mm -hmm. small groups. And this is why, you know, Travel and Leisure, we've been fortunate enough to be voted the number one intimate cruise company for the last six years because mm -hmm. that's the type of travel that is necessary to really immerse yourself and discover the best of the Galapagos. It has to be in a small ship. Yeah, I, I, I would have a hard time enjoying a cruise with a, a bunch of crew, uh, screaming kids running around and, <laughs> and, you know, just it would just take away from it. And I think I think it's more intimate. Yeah, travel, travel and leisure has you guys the 2023 World's Best Awards. Um, I mean, just the, the pictures, if people in this is what doesn't believe it, go see the pictures on, uh, um, on, uh, Instagram for you guys' account, uh, on Quasar, uh, EX. It is extraordinary to look at and the variety of stuff. Like, it's just, it's so insane how, how much variety there is. Um, you can see everything and anything. Now, now, do you guys, um, do you guys have certain hotels or setups that you use? Uh, people visit in what's the what's the stay like when it comes to lodging yeah so you know in the galapagos even though there are hotels uh, we are a cruising company um, precisely because that is the best way to explore the galapagos so even though you can stay in a hotel and often our guests do stay in a hotel pre or post cruise as a mm -hmm. way to maybe enjoy the port towns or the islands but mm -hmm. if you really want to see evolution at work and you want to see the best of Galapagos, you need to take a cruise because the islands are actually far removed from one another. And so mm -hmm. while, you know, you basically you're navigating each night to a different island and you wake up in a different place. Otherwise, you know, if you stay in a hotel, you have to take these day tours from the hotel to only to a handful of visitor sites that are close to port. The ones that are far removed, which have been far removed since the beginning of time to the, of um, you know, the inhabited areas, humans, mm -hmm. of course, never had so much access to those points. So at least in my opinion, the islands that are farthest from the central islands where people actually live, um, they are the most interesting ones. And it's worth noting that in Galapagos, only 3% of the entire archipelago is inhabited and 97% is part of the Galapagos National Park where you have, you can only disembark at certain times of the day and you have to be back on board by certain times of the day. So the animals rule the world in that 97% of the, you know, the Galapagos. And that's where we do all our expeditions. It's really where guests in their kingdom. There you go. And, and I imagine that contributes to the sustainability of this and, you know, it, it, it keeps things pristine where, you know, you don't have humans just running over things, destroying ecology and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So, it, you know, the, as Ecuadorians, we're very proud of the way the Galapagos National Park was set up from the very beginning, from the late 50s. They've mm -hmm. done an excellent job of, of properly managing, you know, the, the demand, the growing demand that has uh, always existed for, you know, tourism to the Galapagos. And so um, you have this cap basically of how many people can visit the Galapagos per year. And that's why, you know, that's one reason why the Galapagos is an expensive destination. There's more demand than there actually is supply. Uh, but at the same time, it's the reason why the islands uh, are still their pristine. And um, it just, 
you know, we want to keep it that way for sure. Most definitely. Now, uh, it says here you guys have uh, uh, eight to 15 day type cruises available, private charters, family cruises, photography cruises, so themed basically cruises, honeymoon cruises, those must be nice, uh, autism uh, dedicated cruise. That's very interesting. Yeah. So we offer all types of departures. That, you know, we believe that Galapagos should be for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're a family, you'll probably want to travel during the summer when there are more families on board. If you want to avoid kids, definitely recommend traveling between September and November. Um, you can also charter our yachts privately. That's also one of the nice things about the size of our boats. Most people don't have a hundred friends or a hundred family members to charter a 100 passenger ship, but uh -huh. you know, 18 or 32 with an extended family is a possibility. So actually we our, our ships get chartered a lot by groups of family or friends or, or VIP clients that want to have, you know, the entire ship for themselves. And probably a great wedding cruise, right? Maybe or yeah. honeymoon cruise as, as you say. Yeah. But Probably a great wedding cruise. I mean, do you guys does, does anybody have weddings down there? It sounds like a dumb question. Yeah, no, no, we they they do. Yeah, you you get to have the guests with you for the entire week. As you said, we offer eight day and fifteen day cruises. So the weddings, you know, they normally happen um, either in the middle of the cruise or at the beginning, and then you get to spend time with the guests. Um, but our captains, you know, they're all ordained to be able to. Um, Mary, and there are actually some photos there on Instagram of weddings that we've had aboard the ship. And, wow. And, yeah. If I got married, I'm not, I can't afford to get married because the divorce <laughs> is, I'm still saving up for the divorce. But uh, uh, that looks like a beautiful place to get married in. I mean, it really does. It looks extraordinary. Um, it certainly I mean, is. If you wanted a place that's memorable. Now, I, I've got several friends that uh, are either autistic or they have children that are autistic. I love this concept of the unique uh, cruise dedicated to children with special needs. Tell us how that works. Yeah. So that was a dedicated departure. Um, we, it was, there was a family that came with us several years ago, and they were surprised how the proximity of the wildlife changed um, their child over the course of the week. And you've ever heard, right, of equine therapy mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, horses are used to treat kids with, with autism. The, somehow the Galapagos Wildlife did that for this child. And so together with a uh, uh, special needs expert, we designed this cruise. Uh, she is the tour leader of the cruise and it's only for uh, families who have children with autism. So, you know, everybody on board gets you. Nobody there is judging anybody if the kid, you know, just happens to have one of these difficult moments. Um, mm -hmm. We dedicated a departure for these families because you deserve a place like the Galapagos. And the truth is many of these families never actually um, dared to go on these trips because they were afraid of what perhaps others would think if their, their child had a difficult moment. So we, this yeah. departure was specific for them and it was um, a real success. There you go. Kind of a safe place for them yeah, uh, and, and stuff. Because sometimes they, I, I know with some of my autism friends is, and their kids, sometimes if they get too much 
stimuli or there's too much noise or too much going on it they can it can kind of overwhelm them and uh but but what a great beautiful place to get them to experience open up and and all that good stuff uh i can see like i say i could see this it'd be a great place to get married um i imagine people can uh maybe uh reach out to you guys for custom things maybe uh, it might be good business adventure for an outing or a retreat for your company yeah we've done a bunch of things over the years uh chris definitely um we've had teams of like upper upper management get there strategize maybe in the morning and then in the afternoon just enjoy the islands um it's a great way to you know have a company retreat if you have want to just have people relaxing um families that don't really get to see each other that they're spread out all over the u.s or all over the world getting together for one week um aboard a ship is definitely special uh, photography departures um, we have a special professional photographer leading the departure so these are like active workshops you know the the photographers helping you with uh, the photos every evening and the great thing about galapagos is that you don't need to be a professional photographer to get amazing photos just because the animals are so close even like iphones get amazing stuff um so yeah, yeah all types of departures and you know People reach out to us every week requesting customized uh, itineraries or adventures, and we're happy to listen and customize for it. There you go. Uh, you guys have won leisure and or travel and leisure world best awards. Uh, I think. Let's see here. Five six. years, six years in a row. Yeah. There you go. I flunked. Uh, I flunked second grade, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is six. Yeah, gonna, it is. It's, a, you know, those awards are a combination of the voting of our guests, reviews, plus a panel of judges. Um, it really, it's not a popularity contest like, like many of these travel awards are, you know, where it's just the number of votes and you can vote many times a day. Here, you, they accept one vote, you know, per email from somebody who traveled with you. They have to leave a review and, um, you know, I think it's a testament to the type of experiences that we deliver that people want to pay us back. You know, even though they paid us for these trips, they, they feel like there needs to be some retribution and they need to like fill out, uh, you know, reviews and just rave about their experiences. And it, uh. we're happy, really happy that they do this. And it's thanks to them that we've won that award for six years. Yeah, I'm looking at the photos and they're just extraordinary. As a photographer, I want to go there. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you go, if you go here, man, and you have a bad time, man, you, you maybe <laughs> you check your eyesight. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a feast for the eyes is probably a, a great way to describe it. And it's such a diverse thing. Now, when people do, people have to fly into Ecuador and then take a special plane out to you guys, or how does it? Yeah, exactly. Work? So there are no international flights out to the Galapagos Islands. Uh, the islands belong to the country of Ecuador, so you have to fly in uh, to the cities of Quito or Guayaquil. They're the mm -hmm. two cities with international airports, and then from there, Quasar takes care of you. We book your domestic flights out to the islands. Everybody on our cruises flies the same flight. So to make sure we just coordinate the logistics. So we help you with that. All you need to do is get yourself to Quito and Guayaquil, and then Quasar can take care of everything else for you. These are very hassle-free trips, for sure. There you go. World's Greatest Places 2023 by the Times Magazine. Chilean and uh, Argentine wineries uh, are the world's best vineyards 2023 uh, that you can visit with Quasar. Um, just extraordinary stuff. There's 
They even have deserts there? Yeah, this is in, in the northern part of Chile. It has the Atacama Desert, the driest desert in the world. Wow. Um, it is. That is literally like, the, I, I believe one of the James Bond movies where it was shot there. These are like oh, really? lunar-like landscapes. Um, and I think it's, I may be lying with the statistic, but like 60% of the world's observatories are in the Atacama Desert because these are literally the clearest skies in the world. So for you as a photographer, night photography in Atacama is insane. Wow. It is. Uh, you've never seen the stars and the Milky Way that clear at uh, that part. Yeah. I'm not putting you on. This is, I don't know why anybody want to go anywhere else from the pictures <laughs> I've seen on here. I mean, it's just extraordinary in the diversity as well. Uh, uh, what are some things we may have missed that I haven't touched on or asked you about uh, on what you guys do and how you do it? Um, well, one of the things that makes us um, unique in all of our destinations is just um, the way we sort of also give back, you know, sustainability. It used to be that it was optional on the agenda of travel companies. Today, I think it's an absolute must. Um, you need to, we, we say it's like paying rent for the world we live in, and we need to be very responsible for it. We're fortunate that, you know, we have places like Galapagos and Patagonia that um, are extremely beautiful and that we can take people there, but um, we, we don't want to consider it as something that it's like free for us to sort of like abuse or um, expose, you know, without any retribution. So we have many programs going on in both destinations, whether it's through reforestation, support of the communities, wildlife conservation projects, um, elimination of introduced species, you name it. Depending on the destination, we'll focus the program based on, you know, the most uh, pressing needs of the destination. And uh, really, that's kind of like the, the type of travel we offer. And Quasar guests, they, they actually feel good because their dollars go a longer way than with most companies in these destinations. There you go. What are some of the biggest challenges you guys run into in organizing and executing these expeditions? Uh, you know, it's kind of remote. There's environmentally sensitive. Uh, what what do you guys find are the biggest challenges you overcome and and delivering you know these unique experiences for people? Yeah, so I, I would say the first one is remoteness. It's it's just difficult, you know, to get anything there, whether it's spare parts for a ship, whether it's you know food for the crews in in Patagonia, you know, you name it. There's no cell phone connection in the park, so it's satellite phone and satellite internet. So remoteness plays a big factor in the complication of the operation. But I would also say that remoteness is really what makes these places unique. Um, there's, we do offer Wi-Fi on board, but it's not available all the time on purpose, <laughs> right? And we do this on purpose because when people really are able to disconnect, mm -hmm. that's when they get to really connect with nature, with themselves. like conversations over meals, you know, the things that they forgot how mm -hmm. to do because of being connected with the technology all the time. Um, it really helps. So we love that part about these adventures. Families, when they come with us, especially, they love the fact that their kids are not glued to screens. You know, they're yeah. chasing sea lions and snorkeling and hiking and, and, and then just sleeping from a day of activity and adventure. So that that's a, it's a plus you know, on one side, and of course for us, it's operationally, it's a, it's a, an obstacle, but one that we 
would take on any day, you know, for how gratifying it is for the guests. It is so important to be present. It is good to get away from the screens and turn turn the internet off. It'll it'll still be there back, folks, when you yeah. turn it back <laughs> on. It'll it'll still be there, trust me. It'll you'll be fine. Uh and but you know, you're 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 experiencing such a beautiful place and extraordinary place and it's so good to get away from the FOMO and the the knee-jerk reaction of being a slave to those devices. It's great for kids, of course, because they need to see the world. They need to they need to get out behind these screens. You can't you can't experience the world. And and metaphysically, our brains are aren't designed to look at the world through two D. It, it we're designed to experience it in first person yeah. and three uh, D actually and uh, and 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 tactile wise as well. Um, you know, we, we, we process so much information th through our brains when we experience the world that way, as opposed to just looking at a two day screen, our, our brains really haven't adapted to it really. Um, which is why we, you know, had trouble with blue light and everything else. Um, you know, you mentioned snorkeling, hiking, what are some other activities people can do there? Yep. So in a given cruise, um, every day you'll have, um, a soft hike or walk in the morning mm -hmm. and probably one in the afternoon as well as an opportunity to go snorkeling and also zodiac rides around mangroves or the the shorelines there of uh, uh, around the different islands we also offer sit on top kayaks and paddle boards so huh? in a given week you can expect to do you know walks and hikes snorkeling zodiac rides kayak um and stand up paddle boarding and so these are active cruises um people are doing stuff all the time our we like to we joke about this but our bar consumption on these cruises it's terrible chris like people they check out early because they've been active so long they have dinner and you know maybe they can get a drink or two but nobody nobody's abusing the bar like in cruises you know how people are used to um it's very different there you go yeah you're all worn out you're like i, I need to get some sleep because we got yeah. stuff to do tomorrow uh it sounds amazing uh what about the wildlife why is that different than anywhere else in the world in the galapagos yeah i i think that is the main highlight of the destination and uh let me give you just an example so there you know the animals that ended up in galapagos they either the birds flew in and you know the 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 wildlife that doesn't uh, fly or swim it basically floated there so they're the iguanas the marine iguanas in galapagos probably floated on a log or a, a grasp it whatever it is it floated from the mainland to galapagos and they are the relatives of the green iguana that lives there in the coast of of ecuador hmm. when they arrived to these volcanic islands and they had no vegetation to eat they quickly learned that the only thing they could eat was the sea algae that was, you know, there in the shore, mm -hmm. but it wasn't abundant enough or in some periods it would dry out. And the only one available is the one under the water. So mm -hmm. they had to learn to swim and dive like fish in order to survive. Wow. And because these are reptiles and they're cold blooded, the ones with the darker skin color would do better because they would, get warmer faster after going in the water. And so now these iguanas turn black, evolution turned them black. Their tails flattened because they now use them for propulsion. 
uh, in the water, their nails grew really big because they need to cling on the rocks as they feed on, on the algae. And they learned to slow down their heart rate to a point where it's like one beat per minute where they're almost dead as they feed for hours underwater. So that's what I do at McDonald's. <laughs> exactly the same thing. <laughs> so no. it's Chris, like it's these animals where it's undeniable that evolution happened. You know, you see evolution at work and when you see them and you see what their relatives look like in the mainland, it's, it's insane. And like the iguanas, you have many other animals that adapted and they're now endemic, which means they only exist in the Galapagos. And they're so, so different from what we're used to seeing. And that's a highlight of the trip for sure. That is wild. That is wild, man. Uh, it's, it just looks so beautiful on the pictures and stuff. Why should people have this on their travel bucket list? Why, why is this a must-see? Uh, where would you put on the list of must-see things in the world? Yeah, if you like nature, if you like the outdoors, uh, if you like wildlife, it should be at the very top of your list. Um, you know, Jacques Cousteau, the famous oceanographer and explorer, said that the last two wildlife sanctuaries left on Earth were Antarctica and Galapagos. Oh, really? With, yeah, with the main difference that in Antarctica, you have like four or five species that live above the ice that you can see. In Galapagos, you literally have hundreds. Um, and so being able to see wildlife in this state is something that is a... Oh, something that people have to see once in their lives. Like how was wildlife before humans invaded their space? You know, how was wildlife when animals ruled the world? And that is uh, the Galapagos. And what you get to see and experience there, these, we call them life-changing wildlife encounters. Um, they really change you. They change your perspective on the natural world. Um, our guests leave from our trips, becoming ambassadors of the Galapagos, conservationists, um, really caring a lot more for, for the planet, for our world, and being a lot more aware of what we humans are doing to the natural world. And so I, I would say, you know, for anybody who loves adventure, uh, who loves wildlife and the outdoors, put Galapagos at the very top of your list. You won't regret it. There you go. It sounds like it sounds like you know the pristine uh, nature that is has uh, been there, and 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 the protection and conservationism have made it something that uh, has has sustained itself. You know, if you go to Florida, you know you're in a whole different world. If you go to Orlando, you know everything's stepped on. <laughs> exactly. That and and in Galapagos, you know there you have these very. Uh, clearly defined trails that you can walk where you can't even exit. And this is a, a fantastic thing that the Galapagos National Park guides do. One great thing is, you know, that Quasar has these amazing guys that have worked with us for 15 plus years, but they are not employees of Quasar. They're employees of the Galapagos National Park. And their number one responsibility is to protect the park. And so these are ambassadors showing you their islands and they make sure to take care of them that you know that uh, tourists follow the guidelines that they don't touch the wildlife and that is why you know at least the first time i went there was 36 years ago and till today wildlife is the same unafraid of humans and it's wow. largely the job of the guides there you go and and is it true that charles darwin uh, uh did some of his journey or, or yeah. research through there yeah, so Charles Darwin theory of evolution, um, he largely attributes it to his week in the Galapagos. It wow. is the, the Galapagos Islands were the most influential of all his visits uh, during the voyage of the Beagle, 
to formulating his theory of evolution. And so, um, yeah, you know, he only spent uh, about two weeks there, mm -hmm. but it literally changed his perception. And he, as I said, you know, the, like the example of the iguana, which he also saw on the coast of uh, Ecuador or Peru on his voyage of the Beagle. And then he saw how it had changed. Like it's undeniable mm -hmm. to see evolution work. And he, as a man of science, noticed that. And you know, very much ahead of his time, but, you know, in the 1600s knew, you know, the importance of this. And that's how he formulated that theory. Sorry, in wow. the 1800s. Wow. This is historic and just an amazing thing. Uh, so give us your final pitch out and thoughts to the audience on uh, uh, getting on your guys' website and uh, getting signed up with you guys and, and learning more. Yeah. So, you know, for anybody looking for transformational travel and i know this term has sort of been thrown around a lot uh, but we would like to think that in 1986 we were one of the pioneers of the, these transformational experiences if you think about it you know complicating their lives so much my two parents to try to show people a place of galapagos like it was an operational nightmare for sure but they knew how special these places were and they knew that through tourism, we could protect these places. So if you are, if you love adventure, if you love the outdoors, if you really want to be transformed, um, give us a call, you know, go on our website, look at what we have to offer in Patagonia, look at what we have to offer in Galapagos um, and talk to one of our expedition designers. They will be able to design a trip that perfectly fits your style of travel, your needs, um, your budget and, and really get getting you to see these um, destinations that are, you know, rare in this world today. And, and some of them are, are disappearing. Thankfully, you know, Galapagos and Patagonia at least are, are quite well protected, but, uh, they're less and less every year. Definitely. Definitely. It's just, and you want to see them before, you know, I don't know, there's, there's all sorts of pollution and climate change and things going on right now. Go see them before well, you still can. And, uh, it just looks like such a rich experience. Thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it, Fernando. Oh, you're welcome, Chris. It's great talking there to you. There you go. Uh, and give us the .com one more time as we go out. Yep. It's QuasarEx.com. And we actually have some great specials for 2024. Be sure to check out our specials page um, if you want to go to Galapagos and Patagonia. So, yeah, QuasarEx.com. There you go. And thanks to my audience for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, and uh, all those great places on the internet. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time.